The City Life app enables you to listen to Sunday messages and even explore the Bible while listening. Stay up to date with church life through our Connect section and much more. Download the City Life app today. Welcome to the City Life podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Well, I'd like it if you'd get your Bibles open to Jeremiah 29.5. It's in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, verse 5. How many of you guys remember playing hide and seek? Yeah, it's a simple, really easy game. It only demands one other person. And, but, but I'll just tell you the truth. I struggled with hide and seek as a child. What I found interesting is that the person who is doing the seeking, you, you are called a name. And you're called it. Do you remember it? You're it. It. Now, I struggled with that because I appreciate like some decent terminology. I've struggled with it ever since I was a child. Why it? Now, I was, I was actually a very picky little kid, and I didn't like that. Now, I'm not picky today, am I, sweetheart? I am a, no, I'm not picky at all. Jesus, forgive me. And, but but I, I, I wanted to do the seeking, but I didn't want to be called it, and so I didn't want to play, or I would rewrite the rules, or I would find kids younger than me that didn't know that it was an it, and I would make, make it a different name so that I would actually feel good playing with it. Here, let, me, let me tell you what I, what I thought in my mind an it was. See, I was raised back in the days when you have three TV channels, and then on Saturday mornings they would show old movies. And, and so on Saturday mornings, you, I, when you could watch cartoons, you could watch old movies. And sometimes I would watch old movies. And there were a couple of them that were just, there, there was the blob. It was a 1950s movie about this big old blob that went and just, and they called it It through the whole, whole movie. And then there was another one, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's an old, old movie, and, 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 he, and the, he scared me. He scared me, and they called him an It. And so I had two images of It in my mind, The Hunchback of Notre Dame and The Blob. I was not going to be either one of them. So because I had this predisposition against being it, I just struggled with the game, and I still, I still don't like playing hide-and-seek today. Because really, in my mind, as a kid, it had no identity. It had no function or purpose. Now here's something that I've noticed in life. I've noticed that quite often good people, and I'm talking really good people, people who are friendly, they're pleasant, they're warm, you just like being around them. Many have taken on the identity of it. And they're seeking. Um, not for another person in a childhood game, but they're playing hide-and-seek with themselves. And if that's you, I just want to say something to you right now. God has a different plan for you. You don't have to be it. You don't need to be searching for yourself in the dark like that. Now, some of you, you're, you're in a really tough space right now. And so you keep jumping from relationship to relationship. And some of you are trying to find that perfectly tailored, studly man or that beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous woman in this relationship. And then you think that's going to give you identity. But until then, you say, well, I'm just going to be an it until I get that. I'm just, I don't want to, I, just be honest, you need to stop playing hide and seek with yourself. Because God, God actually has a different plan. Maybe you're hopping and leaping <laughs> from job to job. And you're 23 years old and your resume takes up 10 sheets of paper. 
and you're searching for this one that just feels right, knowing that once you find the right job with the right title and where you feel good about it, you'll finally be able to then have a strong identity about yourself and you won't have to keep searching. But until then, you're it and you're basically playing hide and seek with yourself. But God has a different plan. Maybe you've never even really thought of it this way, but you keep hopping around from church to church to church trying to find the perfect one. You just know that there's one out there that God created just for you. In the beginning, God created that church, and it was just for you, where they sing all the right songs, and the programs are exactly what you need, and the preaching is this kind of style that you like and the time frame that you like, and, and all the people fit in and, and, and meet all of your needs, and you're knowing that when you find that church that you are going to feel so fulfilled, your identity will become clear, and you'll be able to move forward in life, only to find out that after a few months, uh, the newness wears off. Someone in church says something that you don't like, and maybe they, maybe they even like a politician you don't like. And, 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 uh, or or they, they say something about, about, the, about the way you wear your shoes, and you don't like that, and so then you're off, you're gone, you're, you're searching for another church. Really, the truth is, you're simply playing hide-and-seek with yourself. You're in this perpetual identity of it. But God has a different plan for you. You don't have to be constantly searching. You don't have to be running from experience to experience to experience to try to find the real you. God has actually given us the foundation, and it's found in the Bible in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I want to show it to you on the screens. One last time today, I want to read this to you. It says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. This is the foundation of who we are. Look, it says, That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, I, I like this scripture because you see it says there, God called us out of darkness into the light. When you're in the darkness, like in my house when it's dark, that's the opportunity to stub your toe. That's when you trip over things. You can't see your reflection in the mirror if you're wanting to go look at yourself. And so many times, I used to do this back before I used to finally caught on to the strategy of just set my clothes out the night before because I tend to get up at these crazy hours when I don't think God is up yet or anything like that. I've gotten dressed in the dark so many times because I didn't want to wake up my, my wife only to get to the office or to get to my destination and find myself humiliated at what I was wearing because it was, I was getting dressed in the dark. When I saw myself in the light, well, oops. See, I, I actually prefer the light. And because in the light, I can see myself. I, I can see where I'm going. You know what? We're more confident when we're in the light. You enjoy life more when you're in the light. Have you ever worked nights? And, and some of you are. And you know, it's just darkness around you all the time. And you're just waiting for that light of day. I, I used to do that all through college. I worked nights through, through college, most, uh, really almost all the time. And, and, uh, and that just is it's, it's just dark and it's, it's tough. I loved the light when the light would begin to shine. So why in the world would we keep living in darkness, searching and hunting for ourselves when God is saying, really, come into the light and you'll find yourself? This morning, I stepped out of darkness pretty easy by flipping a light switch. I love light switches, don't you? <laughs> and when I was in the light, all of a sudden, I could see me. I wasn't going to trip and fall. I knew that, uh, that, that you know, it would it would be impossible to see me if I stayed in the dark. And so I looked and I saw Tim Woody there in the mirror. 
I saw a reflection of who I am. Now, I want to make it clear, though, I didn't see in the mirror the Reverend Tim Woody of City Life Center Church in downtown Fort Worth. No, I didn't see that in the mirror. See, because that's actually not me. What I just gave you is a title and a position that other people have put on me. That's fine, but that's not me. Nor are you defined by your title or your job. See, who you are, it's not a position and it's not an occupation. It's this. Who you are is actually manifested through how you do what you do. It's how you lead your business. It's how you parent. It's how you handle your finances. It's the attitude that you use when you're dealing with people, even people that get under your skin. It's how you serve your company. Hey, it's how you serve your boss. That's who you are. It's how you minister in the local church. It's how you make Jesus known to the people around you. So to understand our identity, we ask the question, well, who am I? Well, I'm a child of God. Hey, this is Easter week. This is the week we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus paid this immense price on the cross. And, and, and he did this so you could be his child. So you could enjoy the full benefits of sonship and royalty. So fundamentally, who are you? You're a child of God. You might also ask, well, what's my purpose? Well, your purpose is you're actually an agent of God in whatever realm of life you're in. Whatever your occupation, role, job, responsibility, ministry that you currently serve, you're actually an agent of God. You're there, and your purpose is to make Jesus known one way or another. Here it is. You're a plant from God in your office, in your neighborhood, in your family, <laughs> in your company. And your purpose is not the job or the role itself. Your purpose, just like me, my purpose is not to be a pastor. But I use my position as an agent of God to make Jesus known to this congregation and to the city. Which then brings us to calling. You know, what's my calling? Well, my calling is basically my anointing. I am anointed to do something. It's a, you're, I'm anointed to do something unique. It, it's, it's these really unique desires that God puts in your heart and where, where then God empowers you to do amazing things far beyond your ability to even understand or comprehend yourself. That's why I always say it's important that we be full of the Holy Spirit because we want our callings and our anointings to just come unglued, maximized. You see, I... I'm anointed to do things, and some of those things might actually make me look good, but the truth is, it's not me, it's actually the Holy Spirit of God coming through me, and it's the same way it works with you. You might be doing some things that make you look good, but you know you're really not that good. You, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and that's God working through you. When Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples, this was right before his crucifixion, it would happen during this week on the calendar, and he told them, he says, it's going to be a good thing that I leave because then I'll be able to send the Holy Spirit who will then live in you and empower you and anoint you to do far more than you could ever do on your own. Your callings will be fulfilled. And I'm telling you guys, when we live like this, this is a fulfilling life. And what's wonderful is you don't have to chase down God's will for your life. 
because the truth is, it's right in front of you. And God is empowering you right now to simply walk in your calling that's right in front of you. Let me explain. Uh, someone in our congregation sent this message to me last week. This is a teacher of special needs childs. And uh, the message says this, I've heard so many messages, and it says S-O-O-O, it has a bunch of O's after it, so you know it's like so, it's not just so, it's so, so it says I've heard so many messages on finding God's will for your life. I've always felt like it was just something out of reach that I wasn't good enough for. It says the other day as I wrapped up an art lesson, a student who was particularly proud of his Monet said to me, teacher, are you living your dream? <laughs> I didn't know how to answer the kid, and I hesitated and said something like, that's a great question. And, and then he went on to say, well, what's your dream? And again, I didn't have an answer, yet I felt like God said he was showing me in that moment that I am, in fact, living my dream as cheesy as that might sound. Never would I have thought I would love working with kids who have special needs. And I never ever felt like I was artistic. But here I am, absolutely loving my life. Work doesn't feel like work. It's a blessing. And God's opened doors and keeps blessing me with favor. So on Sunday when you said you don't need to chase after God's will, I felt it was confirming what God was showing me and I felt like a weight has lifted off my life. As I'm just telling you, it's time to stop searching and recognizing that we don't have to play hide and seek with ourselves anymore. We need to stop being it. Your calling is right in front of you. Solomon said it well. He says those who work their land Whatever's in front of you, you were, whenever you're working your land, you'll have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. I'd say the biggest misconception of identity and purpose and calling is that everything is going to be happy and perfect in your life. And, but then when, when things begin to fail and people fail you, and then you just move from relationship to relationship, job to job, church to church, city to city, Still searching for you. <laughs> listen, listen, guys. My Jesus didn't die for you to be in a perpetual search for yourself. Stop being it. You have an identity and you have purpose and your callings and it's time to stop being unfulfilled in life. Why don't you think of a peach tree? We have those here in Texas. I was over in Parker County, and, and, and they, they have their peach festival. And we don't have that in Fort Worth. We just go to Parker County and get their peaches and bring them back here. But, but uh, peach trees have a purpose. But the tree, which is to make peaches, you understand that? But the tree can't fulfill its purpose if it's always being uprooted and transplanted. In fact, what will happen if you do that, the tree won't bear much fruit and it will die an early death, which is a very unfulfilling existence for that peach tree if it knew what fulfillment was. See, but God has a plan for us to feel fulfilled. And here it is. Fulfillment equals bearing fruit. It does. See, the fulfillment of our purpose is when we bear fruit. 
Fulfillment's not when you reach a goal, because you know you reach the goal, you celebrate, you're happy, but that's just an emotion, and it goes away sometimes the next day or even within hours. Fulfillment comes from bearing fruit, fruitfulness. Truth is, though, you're never going to bear much fruit if you keep uprooting yourself all the time. If you, if you want to bear fruit, you want to have a fulfilling existence, then what you need to do is do this. You need to commit to your field. You've got to commit to your field. That means commit to your home and your family. Commit to your neighborhood. Commit to your community. Commit to your church. Commit to the place you work. Commit to the ministry team that you're a part of. Using your purpose as an agent of God and the unique callings and anointings that you have in your life. Let them come out in those settings. See, because God has placed upon you a responsibility. And that responsibility is this. It is to bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. You need to stop being obsessed with soil samplings and uprooting and replanting yourself. So, well, where's that in the Bible? I am so glad you asked. Great. Look in your Bibles in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 5. It, I'm going to show this to you because this is good. God's people were in Babylon. I, you can always ask me that question, where's that in the Bible? I, that's my favorite question. God's people were in Babylon. This is where Iraq is today. Now, they didn't like living in Iraq. I don't think I would either. Never been there. You know, I don't know if I want to go there. In fact, you know, just a little side note of stuff that's happening in the Middle East. We need to keep praying. Uh, people were gathered for Palm Sunday services in Egypt, and ISIS came in to two different churches and blew up, uh, uh, blew up suicide bombs, killing Christians. Uh, this is something we need to keep in our prayers, all right? It's just the Middle East is in great turmoil as the enemy is just sending in these forces of darkness to take lives and destroy and, cre and create fear. Uh, we just need to keep praying for our brothers and sisters in these churches who lost, uh, who, who lost so many today. So many went into eternity while they were in church. Well, God's people didn't like living in Baghdad. They didn't like living out there. It was actually the city of Babylon at the time. But in spite of them not being where they wanted to be and where they liked, God told them the same thing that I'm telling you today. And here's what God said to them. Take a look at it. It's in your Bibles. God said, build houses and settle down. <laughs> Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters and then find wives for your sons and give your daughters away in marriage so they too will have sons and daughters and increase in numbers there. Do not decrease. And ever get an increased mindset in your life and just start working at it. God goes on to say, also, this is important, seek the peace and prosperity, the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into that exile. That's actually Babylon. That was a bad place to live. But they're saying, no, you need to start seeking the peace and prosperity of where you live. And you need to pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, listen to this, you too will prosper. I mean, did you get this? What God's saying here is bloom where you're planted. He said, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. What that, what that means for us is we seek the peace and prosperity of, you need to seek the peace and prosperity of your company. Man, that's a strong word for some of you. Some of you are finding yourselves caught up in a big mess and you're part of something that's, that's subversive. You don't seek the peace and prosperity of your company, you're not going to have it yourself. That's what the Bible says. 
for your church, the peace and prosperity of your church, for the peace and prosperity of your neighborhood or your ministry team, your field, like even for me, it is for the city itself. And God is saying to this, commit to your field and then bear fruit. And in that, you will find the fulfillment you've been wanting to find. God also says then, you start praying and pray. Because when you pray for the, for the peace and prosperity, then you're going to prosper. I mean, isn't that really what we want anyway inside? That's what we want. If you want to find that peace, if you want to find that fulfillment that you've been longing for, then it's this. It's, it's, you've got to understand that commitment to your field will precede the blessing in your life. It's interesting because I have another favorite scripture that's just a few verses down in Jeremiah 29 11. That's one of the most well-known scriptures in the Bible. I love it. But it's interesting that it's in this context. Basically, I'm going to read it to you in a second. What Jeremiah 29 11 says is that when you, when you put the, the, the whole thing together, the part that's before it, you know, what we just read, when you commit to your field and when you bear fruit before you inherit the blessing or the promise and you, as you're doing that, as you begin to bloom where you're planted, before you, you, you do this before you see any of the blessing, then God says in Jeremiah 29 11, look, it says, I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you're going to call on me and come and pray to me and I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to you and you're going to seek me and find me as you seek me with all of your heart. See, God has plans for you. God has a big, big, stinking, big hope and future for you. Big, it's big. And your prayers, God says, I want to answer them. But if you're running and hopping and jumping and playing hide and seek with yourself, my friend, it's not going to happen. So, so commit to your field. I don't know what your field is. I don't even know specifically how this plays out in your own life. But God says, share this with you. So here it is. Grow roots, bear fruit, and you will see the blessing of God that you have always craved in your life. Bloom in that office. Bloom in this city. Bloom in your ministry team here at City Life. Bloom in your family. Bloom in your company because your best is yet to come. And this comes to us all because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. Do you see how it all connects? Because he gave up his life for us, we get to bloom and thrive, not only in this earth, but in eternity as well. Today, in honor of the week that we celebrate Jesus' fact, uh, sacrifice, we're going to partake of Holy Communion as a congregation. I'm going to lead you in this time right now. In just a moment, the ushers are going to distribute communion, the bread, which is the body of Christ, the juice, which is the blood of Jesus. And I'd like for every one of us to participate because at City Life we practice open communion. Let me explain that to you. What that means is you don't have to be a City Life partner to participate in communion. All you need to do is to be a member of the family of God, just to be a part of God's family. That means you're a child of God. How do you do that? Well, it's actually just as simple as asking Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and then you ask him to be the Lord of your life. And I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to lead the whole congregation in a prayer for that in just a second. So here's my question to you. Will you make that choice before we serve the elements? Because I'd like for everyone to enjoy this next moment. Would you please close your eyes all across the room for just a moment. Everyone close your eyes. I want you just to focus internally. If you're here today and you've never fully surrendered your life to Jesus, 
Maybe over the course of time you've drifted from God and that relationship with Him. I want, but you're, you know that today you're ready for a new beginning and you want to now embrace that God-given sense of purpose. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Now, if you want to be included in this prayer that I just mentioned, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand at my signal. I'm just going to do a simple count of three. Raise your hand. And then I'll lead us in prayer. Because I want to connect my faith with yours. Hey, listen to this. Jesus loves you so much. He died so that you can have life and everything changes today. Will you lift your hand? One, two, three. Lift your hand for me. Come on, lift your hand for me. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Lift your hand for me. I'm ready to receive Jesus. I want to pray that prayer with you, Pastor. Who else? Who else? Come on. Give me this one last opportunity here. You guys who raised your hand, I want you, along with everyone else in this room, to pray these words with me. Congregation, pray this out with me. But if you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this and mean this from the bottom of your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive my sin. For today I give up my past. And I embrace the identity I embrace the purpose and I embrace the calling that you have for me. I choose to let you love me and I will love you in return and I will bloom where I'm planted. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.